Um, welcome to Expert Views on Alternative Dispute Resolution Ever, a podcast about simplifying ADR in a bid to attract more and more users to the process. My name is Chinwe Stella Umebolu, um, PhD in ADR from the University of Brighton, United Kingdom. I'm very excited to welcome Professor David Larson, a professor of law at the Mitchell Hamline School of Law and senior fellow at the Dispute Resolution Institute. He has been involved with online dispute resolution since 1999 and is the system designer helping create an ODR platform for the New York State Unified Court System. David has 60 legal publications and has made more than um, 170 professional um, presentations in 10 different countries. He is currently chair of the American Bar Association section of dispute resolution and co-chair of the section's ODR standard tax force. He teaches arbitration law, arbitration skills, dis- disability law, employment law, and online dispute resolution o- ODR for the 21st century. Welcome to the show, um, Professor Larson. Yes, yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's an honor to have you here. Let me just, I know you're quite busy, so let me quickly run through the first question, which is, um, what is the story so far with the small claims cases via the ODR um, platform? Yeah, so um, I'm the system designer for the New York State Unified Court System's pilot project for small claims cases. And I started working with New York back in October of 2016 with that. We had still been working with another project that didn't anticipate it would take so long. But we started projects focusing on credit card debt collections. Because in New York, what was happening was that debtors were not receiving service or they weren't showing up in court. And the default rate on credit card debt collection cases was about 94%. Mm-hmm. which means that nobody was participating in the justice system except 6% of the debtors. Mm-hmm. And that was, well, if we can maybe connect with them online, that we will be able to increase that um, that participation rate in the justice system. We can increase access to justice. So we worked on that for a couple of years about the federal program that provided hyperlinks to legal services, um, modules for financial education, um, but when we were about ready to roll it out and implement it, there were a group of uh, legal aid advocates who were very disturbed about the idea of having unrepresented debtors in virtual spaces with debt collectors. And they didn't really understand the program, but they fought very hard to prevent it and were able to prevent it. They then we pivoted decided to do something that's maybe a little less controversial yeah. and move to small claims, and that's what we've done now. So we're looking at cases that are $10,000 or less. Mm-hmm. We're looking at cases where nobody's represented. We decided that no attorneys can be allowed. Um, we're only going to start with 100 cases per month. Um, we spent a lot of time thinking about the concerns about unrepresented people online on the Internet. So we have a series of screening questions. Mm. Um, if there's a history of domestic violence, um, if there's a protective order, uh, if you are represented by an attorney, and usually that would be the debt collector. Those are what we call hard opt-out questions, which means you can't proceed on the, on the, on the platform. Then we have a series of soft opt-out questions where we ask things like, 
are you comfortable um, advocating for yourself? Yeah. And you answer yes or no. Um, if your answer no, um, we still give you the opportunity to stay on the platform because the fact may be you may be uncomfortable advocating for yourself, but you have a partner who you work with all the time, who you live with, yeah. who can advocate on your behalf, mm-hmm. and who's not an attorney, so you can proceed. So it's up to you. So we have, you know, can, can you access the internet? Do you have access to a cell phone computer? And maybe you don't own one, but maybe your friend has one, or the library has one. Yeah. So we go through a series of soft opt out questions like that where the individual has a choice of whether they believe that even though they might have some challenges or obstacles, they can choose to continue. And so once people are online, once, they, once they're eligible for the platform, they have a multi tiered process where we begin by blind bidding. And we can talk about that more if you'd like. Blind bidding process of three rounds of submitting bids as an overlap. Then it goes automatically to a structured negotiation. Mm. You figure out the terms, like the number of payments, the date of payments, um, what happens if they would default. It's all kind of structured. The choices are limited. If they can arrive in an agreement, it has to be one amount and also the terms, then a stipulation of settlement will auto populate. Um, there will never have been any human intervention. No people will be involved other than the parties. And that will then be sent to the court. It's, it's actually part of the court system. If they can't, if they can't agree on the amount, um, or if they're struggling about the terms, they do, at the second stage, get an opportunity to engage in a direct negotiation, to have a conversation in a virtual space. We call it the last chance, where the, where the defendant can say, look, I can only pay. $5,000 for this reason. In the, in the claimant, the plaintiff can respond by saying, but I still want this amount and I'll take it. If they agree on the amount, you go, you can stick to the settlement agreement. If not, yeah. at that point, um, there's the possibility of going to mediation. Yeah. So there will be a consent to mediation agreement. We have mediators who are community mediators. Um, the, the Long Island Dispute Resolution Center. In the New York Peace Institute, and um, they will then conduct an online mediation. That's kind of a, a very quick overview of the system. Okay. All right, thank you so much um, for your insight on this um, question. I will quickly go to the second question because um, of time. Um, so in your um, article um, titled um, Designing a State Court Small Claims ODR System, hitting a moving target in New York during a pandemic. You mentioned parties auto-populated stipulation of settlement. Um, the term is relatively new to me and maybe to others as well. So what does it mean? And how does it function? Um, actually, our connection isn't great. So I'm having difficulty hearing you. Um, can you give me the question again very succinctly? Okay, what I asked, you know, your, your your article, mm, designing a state court small claims ODR system, hitting a moving target in yes. New York during a pandemic, you mentioned parties auto-populated stipulation of settlement. And I said the term is relatively new. What does it mean? Oh, Did you I'm get... Sorry. Did you, um, 
Did you get it? You, you know, you mentioned auto-populated stipulation of settlement in your article. So what does it mean? <laughs> but did you did you you know automatic populated stipulation of settlement what does it mean that's that that's the question did you get it now yeah i'm sure like every second word so that's the problem yeah hmm yeah can't hear the full sentences the uh, uh, i can talk a little bit in, 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 in yeah you yeah you can talk about i have um how about the let me go to the third question let me know if you, if you can hear hear me so how does the credit debit um collection odr platform how does it function did you hear that yes yes i yeah yes Okay. Okay. So, so, so in New York, we had kind of the, you know, gone through kind of an evolution. So, again, our, our initial goal was to create a credit card debt collection system because that that aspect of the judicial system wasn't working. Um, too many people were just accepting default judgments. They, we don't know if they ever even got service of process. Even if they did get service of process, they didn't have time to come to court, couldn't afford to come to court, didn't have vacation time for any number of reasons. Maybe they were afraid. They just weren't coming. Mm -hmm. So we spent a lot of time trying to design a platform, but we had two different stages. Okay. We kind of had a, an expert system stage. The idea was even before you begin the dispute resolution process, we're going to try and educate you a little bit about how this is going to work. And you know, so we had videos talking about what small claims, what small claims court does, and also a video explaining what the ODR platform was going to look like. So even before you started anything, yeah. we watched these short animated videos. Hmm. And then we had um, different different modules that people would work through to give them assistance. And one point was about financial education. We talked to people about before you sign an agreement to make payments, understand what you're signing, understand the implications, and understand whether you can really afford what you think you can afford, and give us some assistance to help them work through the resources they actually do have and the promises they, they might make and make sure that those match up, but they're not going to reach and promise too much. So we set up this, this expert system with, again, you know, these different modules that people could work through, try to you know, prepare themselves. And in particular, we were always concerned about the consumer, the, um, the unrecognized debtor who might be doing this team or herself. We wanted to make sure they were as prepared as possible. Yeah. So then after that expert system, then we would go into the actual dispute resolution process. And again, we would do a, a blind bidding situation where one where the where the claimant, the plaintiff, would say, I want to get five thousand dollars. And um we would all be blind and then the respondent might say and and, and again, I mean, 
use that term say loosely, it's all online. And the responded better, and Kendon might say to Junior for South Carolina, $5,000, or $3,000. So you submit those two bills, $5,000 and $2,000, there's no overlap. Mm. And so then you get around two. And so the, you know, the plaintiff says, well, you know, I'm going to pay $5,000, so maybe I'll try $4,000. And then the family says, well, I'm going to take 2000 or 3000 so maybe I'll try 3500 But then they say 4000 3500 again, they overlap. But then they look the last, they try it, and say, no, we absolutely no, that they're still far apart. We don't know how far apart. Mm-hmm. So on the third round, the think says, okay, this last time, um, I'll drop a little bit more. I'll go from 4000 to 3500 and the family says, I so much so i think i have one more question (laughs) so what is your advice for people wishing to um or that want to pursue adr as a career did you hear that 
you know, what's your advice for people that want to pursue ADR as a career? Did you, did you get that? Thank you. Yeah, well, I think that is a, you know, I think that at least in the United States, that if you're just coming out of school, an academic program, yeah. and you would like to um, become involved in ADR, it's going to be difficult because um, you know, people select their neutrals, and generally they're going to be a little uncomfortable or a little resistant to selecting somebody they know nothing about who they believe is not very experienced. Yeah. So if you'd like to go into a career and doing mm-hmm. this, there's a couple of different ways to do it. Um, one way to do it is to go into a practice and then you offer many different entities that need to see resolution. And maybe you can get involved first as an advocate representing people oh, in the okay. ADR, rather than being a neutral, doing some experience that way. Another really good way to gain experience is at least in the United States, most cities have maybe more than one of these mediation centers for small disputes, for neighboring disputes, and maybe even for the small claims court that use volunteers. Yeah. And if you have the time um, to get involved in a volunteer mediation program, it's a great way to get experience. And um, they're more than happy to have you because they need the people. Mm-hmm. You may not get compensation at all, a very, very modest compensation, but you're getting paid in terms of experience. And, and you'll also be meeting lots of people. So you'll be getting your name out there, people will begin to recognize you, and uh, you'll be getting some valuable experience. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. So the question I asked before was that you couldn't um uh, you, you know you 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 can hear me was um in your article you mentioned the um titled designing a state court more claims ODR system you mentioned auto populated stipulation of settlement and i'm asking what does this term mean because it's relatively new okay yeah Thank you. Okay, yeah, earlier I referred to auto, auto-populated settlements. Yeah. And really, really all that means is that, so when you finish the blind bidding and you agree on a month, say $3,000, now you have to fill in the terms of the settlement. And what the, what the system has at that stage is that it provides you some questions with some options, like a multiple choice exam. So question number one, mm-hmm. how would you like to make payment? Yeah. You could say PayPal, you could say check, you could say cash. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get some options. So let's say you say, okay, I'll pay with a check. Question number two, how many payments do you want to make? And so you go back and forth a little bit. You have an opportunity to exchange um, offers. And the defendant says, I want to pay $100 a month. Thank you. So I want $200 a month. And so they agree $150 a month. So you go down and step by step. Fill in all the terms, and as they're doing it, and as you get agreement on those terms, there is a prepared settlement agreement that the yeah. court system uses, an agreement that the, the judge would use yeah. in a small claims case case of the in person hearing. So, all those agreed terms, the platform then, then puts them in the settlement agreement without anybody having to write them in manually. 
So, so as you as you reach an agreement on each of the terms, that term is then auto populated, automatically populated in the agreement. And if you go down the entire list of terms, then you can fill in the entire settlement agreement. Um, and just through the negotiation, online negotiation process, yeah. um, there's an opportunity to get your signatures, which is absolutely essential, and make sure that the parties understand the terms they agree to, and then kind of confirm that by adding their signature. And at that point, you get an agreement that you can, you can send, that will be sent automatically to the court. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. So final question is, what are the obstacles you encountered during the formation of this project? Maybe just four, four minutes because we are out of, we are running out of time. Do you get a question? What are the obstacles you encountered during the formation of this project? Um, maybe just four minutes, you can, you know, because we are running out of time. Did you, did you no, get the question? The Sorry? I, I think you're, yeah, some, I think you're some of the obstacles. Yeah, the, did you encounter obstacles during the formation of this um, oh, project, yeah. ODR, you know? Mm. Yeah, okay. well, yeah, we definitely encountered some obstacles. Yeah. Um, so, one obvious one is you got to make sure that it's going to be paid for. So you, you have to be very careful about the, the funding. Yeah. And making sure that whatever you design is gonna you're gonna be able to pay for and sustain. Um, another obstacle is that there's just there's fear and uncertainty and unfamiliarity. So you have to be really careful about educating everybody that's gonna be involved. Mm. The um, you know, not just possible parties, but the judges, because yeah. it's gonna be part of the court system. You have to spend time working with them. Court staff, the clerk of court's office, because they all have to understand it. Um, so another obstacle is making sure you've got the time and resources to educate everybody that's going to be involved, not just the parties. Um, and then you're going to get some people that just don't like the idea. You know, people going online to resolve disputes, they don't like technology, they like face to face. So you're going to have to try and educate them that this really can be consumer friendly, that it can be protective of people. Make an effort to, to again educate you know, the advocates. Yeah. And really, you're not you're not putting people in an imbalance. You might actually be improving their ability to get settlement as opposed to being unrepresented in the actual face to face court hearing where they probably are not going to be very well. Yeah. All right. Oh, my. Thank you so very much um, um, for providing a detailed overview on the story so far. Uh, with the small claims cases via the ODR platform and the benefits of pursuing a career um, via ADR. I hope potential users and would-be users would take on board these uh, many benefits mentioned herein and opt for ADR, particularly uh, um, ODR, um, in the case of any arising disputes or conflict in future. Thank you so much, Professor Larson. I'm so, so grateful you know, for you to have come on here and, you know, analyzed and, um, you know, gave us a first-hand um, story of, you know, the um, um, ODR um, in New York, you know, and um, I'm very, very grateful. Thank you once more.
Yeah, so to my listeners, thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Same time next weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Prof. Bye.